This is The Blunt Doctor Show. On a Wednesday. And before we bring in our current recurring every single episode guest at this point, I just want to point out I am aware now as I record that there is a whole bunch of audio reverb issue that wasn't there before that I now have to fix. And I need to figure out what's going on and why my mic is double looping and all of that good stuff. And I will figure it out, but I'm not going to do it right now because this episode was too good to ignore. And we're going to put it together and we're just going to dive right in because that's how we do it on the Blunt Doctor Show. We air it all, even if something is imperfect, because the beauty is in the imperfection. Okay? That's what it's all about around here. Or something. Let's go. And now, the only person crazy enough to introduce themselves on someone else's show that has three listeners. What is his name? Tell us his name. Finally, the B has come back to overtime. Wait, that's not (laughs) the Blood Doctor Show. There we go. Yes. I was in my own world for a second there. But yes, we're back. Overtime with BNT representing over here on the Blood Doctor Show. Thank you for having me once again. I like it. You're, you're, you can pimp and promote everything you do on this show. So that's fine. You can, you can introduce your show on my show. I have literally no problem with that. I accept it. So that's, that's how. <laughs> I did. Hello how there, it. everybody. And welcome back to another episode of Overtime with BNT. How's that? See, I'm so agreeable. I mean, like, I talk about, like, just a friendly dude. Like, I mean, I let other people talk about their show. My show, I'm just, I'm great. What, um... You're a good guy. You're a good guy. I'm, oh, fantastic. That's why I'm drinking this water. Um, did anyone... How did you feel about this weekend? What was your... (laughs) What was your, like, takeaway from this weekend? Like, did you... Did you enjoy the games? Did you feel like it was ruined by the seven seeds? How did you feel overall? I... I enjoyed every game that wasn't my Patriots getting their asses handed to them. Whew. Outside of that, I, I enjoyed every game, personally speaking. Yeah. The the Cowboys was my favorite one because I love seeing those Cowboys squirm and full of misery whenever the team loses. Yeah, that was well, that was just some dude, I don't I can't even it's been days and I still can't fucking like comprehend any of the decision making from the Cowboys down the stretch there. <laughs> and I, I know I'm not alone in that. Um, I don't, I, oh God, the, the Patriots thing. I just, let's pour one out to the whole Mac Jones is going to make the Super Bowl as a rookie thing, you know, cause that was just, that was never going to be. And boy, that was ugly. I, did you, I mean, Me I didn't, personally, even when Mac Jones was playing his best, I personally said I felt like our ceiling was the divisional round. I thought that was our ceiling. And I said a lot of things would have to go right for us to even get to that point because that defense that I saw us fielding earlier in the year, I'm like, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, It just... And lo and behold, look what happened once Josh Allen started being able to throw without all those wins. He showed it to us in the second game. And then he reminded us in this game again. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I thought the Patriots were a lot of smoke and mirrors this year. I said that a bunch. Like, you know, they won against a lot of bad teams. You know, they put a thousand points on the mm-hmm. Jets and all these things. And, you know, it makes them look better than they are. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, Bill Bill's a good coach and he can put a lot together with not a lot. But like, you know, Pats fans thought this was like a Super Bowl contender and they weren't. And, you know, I hate for them to be exposed this hard. Um, it's depressing as a Patriots fan to like, have it go this badly but you know what are you gonna do right i, I don't even know what else it, is. it just is what Man. it is at this point like you just move on from it i don't even know listen i personally think i personally think that uh we need to go out and get a fresh set of young fast linebackers because clearly the guys we got cannot keep up with josh allen once he starts that scramble drill Nah, I love Hightower, but, you know, hey, he's, he's nearing that time where we got to retire that man's jersey. Uh, he, he's done a service, but I'm, I'm starting to see the age. He, he ain't running those sideline to sidelines like he used to, man. I need some fresh, fast legs. Like, if we had a Devin White, guarantee you, I guarantee you, the season goes a lot differently. That game probably is a lot closer. We probably still lose, but... All those scrambles that Josh Allen was getting, that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I mean, um, but I, does, I mean, I don't know. I, does Bill even successfully do, – I'm trying to think of the last time that, like, Bill really deployed a spy. Like, I mean, I guess in, in, the, C, in the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, they spied Wilson pretty hard in the second half. But I just, I don't know. I, I really feel like Tom was able to cover up for a lot of Bill's deficiencies in terms of we're going to do things my way and yeah. I'm not going to bend on them. And I think that's where Bill's going to have to grow a little bit if he is going to win another Super Bowl is that he's going to have to bend. And I saw one dude say that he thought um, that the Patriots might get Calvin Ridley this offseason, which I assume is about reuniting Mac Jones and Calvin Ridley, right? So, I mean, that, you know, that would be interesting. Oh, they played together? I, I, don't, Alabama, right? I, I, don't, I don't know if they played together, but they played in the same system. So maybe there's uh, some sort of, I, I don't know. I, you know. I like Calvin Ridley. I do like Calvin Ridley. I also think we could even make a, a run at John Mechie the third from Alabama. I'm pretty sure they played together at one point, too. And it's, as a Patriots fan, though, it's disappointing at this point to be talking about draft picks like right now going into the second round of the playoffs to be talking yeah. about the NFL yeah. draft. It's, it's, you know, that's, this is below the standard that we've come to accept, which I mean, I guess is super high, but it is nonetheless the standard that we've come to accept. So I mean, expect, so I, I don't know. For sure. For sure. It's a tough one. Um, do you, um, did that whole Cowboys game, does that like, did that change your opinion on anything? Like, did that change your opinion on Dak or on Kellen Moore or on Mike McCarthy, or were you just kind of like, you were always out on all of them or what? What's it your... confirmed everything that I knew. Okay. Dak, not that guy. He's not that guy. He's good. Everything's got to be going right for him to do his thing. Look what happened. CD Lamb only had one catch and that was during the, the last drive where they're just trying to get into a Hail Mary play. Zeke was ghost for the most part. I understand that he was dealing with a, a PCL tear, but... Uh, Tony Pollard wasn't even there to help him out either. 
the defense, they were quiet for the most part until I did to get away from them. And they just, it's like they're playing freely at that point. It's a lot easier when there's no pressure, when you're trailing to start playing a lot more freely. And look what happened. It took yeah. a Jimmy Garoppolo missing Ayuk on what could have been a walk-in touchdown when he burnt Trevon Diggs. By the way, Trevon Diggs showed everyone that he is overrated and he did not deserve first-team All-Pro despite his 11 interceptions. You can give him a second-team All-Pro, but this is just living proof that not a clear indicator of how good of a cornerback you are. No, I, I, I agree. And uh, I do, this did damage my opinion of Kellen Moore. I will say that. Like, I did think that Kellen Moore was a good offensive coordinator. I really don't think that anymore. But interestingly enough, this game really confirmed what I felt about Jimmy G. Like, what you said about, about Dak, I feel the same way. And that is that yeah. he is not that guy. Like, Jimmy in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. He had two opportunities for like legacy drives when yeah. they could have put themselves up when they were up 20 to 10, they could have put themselves up uh, 27 to 10 and just put the game out of reach. And then when the chiefs did score and they made it what 20 to 17, Jimmy had the ball again and he had the chance again, you still can go downfield and put yourself back up 10. You have the opportunity for that legacy drive. He didn't do it in the super bowl. They lost. And, you know, I ragged on him yeah. for that at the time. You know, they were only throwing it six, seven games in the playoffs games before that. You know, they were throwing six, seven times a game. It's true. And but that could have been our quarterback. That could have easily been our quarterback. I know. But here's the thing. Jimmy had that opportunity again in this game. I would have, and I tweeted this during the game, is I would have forgiven all that because that was really his first full season as a starter. You know, stuff happens in the Super Bowl, whatever. He had an opportunity like two or three times in this game again to drive downfield, end this thing, and he can't do it. When it's early in the game and everything is scripted and all of his throws are scripted and they're running this, you know, super, you know, highly computerized offense where everything is pre-planned and all that good stuff, he could do it. But when it comes down to the end of the game, when the defense has adjusted and they're asking you to just get to your third read and make that throw, he can't do it. And this game confirmed for me, what I always felt about Garoppolo. And that's why I still think he's going to Pittsburgh because I think what Pittsburgh wants to do is a lot of the shit that Garoppolo <laughs> is good at. And it's not, you know, reading the defense. So now hear me out here. Do you, do you not uh, take into account that that thumb injury he was dealing with? Because there looked like a lot of throws where it's like he didn't even have a, a full grasp on the ball because he was favoring that thumb. He it threw- was taped up. He threw like multiple beautiful throws in the beginning of the game. And I'm not going to sit here and say that the beautiful throws are valid and the ugly ones aren't when half the time it's because of your decision-making. Like if you wait too damn long and you can't get the ball out and then you're getting hit, like I'm not going to, I just think Garoppolo doesn't have that laser, like step back, turn, fire, step back, turn, fire. He just doesn't have that quick strike ability he needs the play to develop in front of him or he needs them to say hey you need to step turn and fire to the left because this is a screen like it's got to be you know heavily heavily orchestrated and that's why it works with the 49ers right because they want to run that you know with their their skateboard punk looking offensive coordinator they want to run you know this like (laughs) you know super structure system and he fits that but i don't know i I, but they 
it just is interesting to me that you say this game confirmed how you feel about Dak because it also confirmed how I feel about uh, about Jimmy G. But I heard a lot of other people like ragging on the Cowboys for like making Dak do too much work and all these things. And I'm like, dude, their offense is so basic. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I just don't, I don't know, man. I, I just don't think the Cowboys are going anywhere. That's how I feel. They they always not gonna go anywhere as long as Jerry Jones is micromanaging that team. I mean, he's a pretty good he has a pretty good eye for talent though, right? Like that's the thing is we always rag on Jerry Jones, but like the Cowboys always have talent. Like I just they don't I don't know. It, the Cowboys are fucking weird, dude. It's like the amount of talent that they do have, they should be better than this. Like, like imagine what bill belichick would do with the cowboys roster mm-hmm. kind of thing you know what i'm saying like for sure for sure. just switch the patriots and the cowboys and tell me that you know that team isn't a super bowl if bill contender. belichick had micah parsons dude oh my oh. right that's what i'm saying like uh, that's my point like and that's the thing is like dan quinn had the defense playing great and they had the defensive rookie of the year and maybe the defensive player of the year and it's like they were really good and then this mm-hmm. game is just a fucking disaster. I just don't. Uh, I don't know. I do you. So you you put it on Dak then. Essentially, you're like Dak is not the guy. So, okay, let me ask you three choices. Yes, he's good enough to get by. He's good enough to get by. Okay, so three choices: trade Dak, fire Kellen Moore, fire Mike McCarthy. I go with McCarthy. You would fire McCarthy and try to find someone who could fix Dak. Yes. Who could do that in your mind? Probably Brian Flores, maybe Flores. Flores. Interesting. But I feel like that's the longest I've ever heard you not talk. That that, that was... (laughs) That is the only time I have ever asked you a question that actually stumped you. <laughs> I wish that this was a video podcast solely so that people could see the look on your face that you made. Because oh. you considered this one. You considered this one hard, and I respect it. I like it. I, just... I, feel like, I feel like Brian Flores would give them like a Jimmy Johnson type of vibe. and I can dig that. But then it's in the same breath, Jones wasn't too big on jimmy johnson there's a reason why he left after giving them three championships yeah i mean it's a it's an interesting call i yeah i don't know i mean you wouldn't be able to micromanage brian flores is what i'm saying yes i get your point yeah so you think you think jerry needs someone hard-nosed who can stand up to him not a yes man yes but he doesn't want somebody who will stand up to him that's the thing that's why I saw some Cowboys fans like begging for Jim Harbaugh. I'm like, I, guys, <laughs> I'm good like, luck with that. Well, I'm like, Jim Harbaugh is a yes man. Like, look at what he's doing at Michigan. I'm not trying to be an asshole. Yeah. I love what I love how far Jim got us this year, but like, well, anyway. Um, so, so fuck the Eagles, by the way. I just want to be clear. I just want to, I need to make my Eagles stance clear because, because, because Tom Brady eviscerated the Eagles this weekend and I posted you know, that some people were giving credit to Tom Brady for everything. And that Byron Leftwich deserves credit because Tom Brady has never thrown downfield this much. And obviously I think Tom is the best of all time, but he still has adapted his game. 
since coming to Tampa Bay. Yes. And I just, and I said to people, you know, that's credit to Leftwich. And some Eagles fan came in my mentions and he was like, exactly. And yet they're going to say that it was all Tom Brady. And my response was, shut up, bitch. I'm not talking to you because that's, <laughs> that's how I fucking feel about Eagles fans. I'm not fucking talking to you. I'm never talking to you. I'm never talking to <laughs> Eagles and Jets fans. If any Eagle or Jets fan ever wants to talk to me, my answer is always shut up, bitch. I'm not talking to you. And most especially when I'm talking about Tom Brady, I am not fucking talking to you. Okay. I am most assuredly, most definitely not fucking talking to people from Philadelphia or fucking New York when I am talking about Tom Brady, especially when saying that Byron left, which has helped Tom Brady. I am sure as shit not looking for you motherfuckers to chime in. And I just told that dude what it was. You don't need your validation. No, yo, uh, yeah, we don't need shit from those motherfuckers. I don't want to hear it. Now, all of those <laughs> things being said, how do you feel about Jalen Hurts as the future starting quarterback of the Eagles, as Howie Roseman said he would be today? I feel like, you know, he has a lot of room to improve, but um, yeah, like he needs to get better with like reading plays because he had Devontae Smith on that touchdown when he hit, uh, I don't, I don't remember who it was he hit, but it was, it looked like a double move, and he waited for him to be open on the double move before throwing it. Like once, once you see him do that one first move and then up, you, it's gotta be in the air at that point. That's why. Uh, who was it? Was it Jamel Dean? He was able that and jumped the route. Yeah. He needs to get better with his timing. Like he. Like this, the game of NFL is a lot different from college. Like if you're a second too late, that's an interception more times than not. I, I agree with that. And, and speaking of, I'm going to jump back on my high horse for a minute. Speaking of the whole double move thing, you saw that the video that Nate Tice posted of Joe Burrow, where he was showing Joey Burrow throwing the ball to Jamar Chase before Chase had even released on his route. And I was just talking about like, this is, this is, you know, this is the shit I fucking love about Joe Burrow. And uh, yeah. So, so Jalen Hurts needs to get better yes, at those yes, things. We know how big you are, Burrow. <laughs> no, but that's the stuff that <laughs> Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady and Dak Prescott and all the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, everyone, they can all, you know, do that stuff. And that's what yeah. Jalen Hurts is missing. But like also, my thing about Jalen Hurts is this, like at Alabama, he would not fucking throw the ball downfield. That's why they ended up benching him for Tua in the national championship game against Georgia. When he went to Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley was like, you fucking have to throw the ball downfield. He's gotten significantly better at it. He's still not there yet, but like considering where he's come from and how long it took him to develop or how late he became a downfield passer, like he got the team to the playoffs. Like I, I didn't understand all the desire to move on because I don't know what's like, who are you moving on to 20 in 2022? That's better. This is not a quarterback rich draft. There's not a lot of free agents. I really think it's the right move. Yeah. Yeah. You keep him, let, let him play out his contract. Yeah. You got- you saw what he was able to do with the runs play to his strength. Like if he's able to run, obviously they, he dealt with an injury. They said he had an ankle injury, but it's like, you still got Miles Sanders. Like we all know what Miles Sanders was capable of. If you just feed him the rock, you got a young Devonte Smith still growing. Like just give him a couple of pieces around him that he can work. Like he, you don't always need a superstar quarterback to carry your offense. Sometimes just build a team around what you got. They've got three first round picks to use. Like 
fill in the fill in the gap. You're gonna go with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got three first round picks to use. Exactly. Sorry, the the the, the zoom cut out there for a moment. Fill in. I wasn't trying to cut you off. I pop. We don't cut people off on this podcast unless they're Eagles or Jets fans. They've got <laughs> they've got three first round picks. Fill in around him. Like like put that shit around him. Like improve your team. Because because I think there's this impetus. Like remember a couple of years ago when the Eagles were good and they had Bradford and they traded up yes. to get Wentz anyway. And Bradford is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yes. Why, why are you? And and he ended up being right. They never needed Carson Wentz. Like everyone made was made fun of Sam Bradford and all this shit at the time, but he was right. They never should have traded up for Carson Wentz because they won a Super Bowl on the strength of their defense and Nick Foles playing arguably the best game of all time. But they still got there <laughs> without a superstar quarterback. You're very yeah. right. And when you have three first round picks and a guy who just got you to the playoffs, I'm just like, dude, fill in the gaps. And I didn't understand why Eagles fans want to move on, but ultimately it's because they're a bunch of whiny, selfish bitches who can't deal with anything. <laughs> we Sam, saw what how they treated Ben Simmons, deservedly yeah. so, but still they they they're uh, right now. They want everything right now, right now, right now. Yo, when they're in the playoffs, they don't even fucking fill that Sixers arena, man. They suck. They don't deserve that team. They don't deserve Joel Embiid. They don't deserve the championship they have over the Patriots. They don't deserve having the legacy of Dr. <laughs> J. The only thing that the city of Philadelphia has ever done correctly is fucking cheesesteaks. There are a bunch of fat motherfuckers like me who can grill a steak well. Fine. Good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> it's not a good sports town. Fuck Philadelphia. I hate that city. I hate them so much. I hate their people. I hate their fans. I hate everything about Philadelphia. And I'd be really, really afraid it's of them. It's just ironic. Well, I'd be really afraid of them if I was afraid they were going to waddle their fat asses over here. Are you going to say it's <laughs> ironic? Are you going to say it's ironic? Because it's ironic. Say all this about Boston. It's ironic what? that they're, it's a city of brotherly love, and yet they have so much hate towards their players. Yeah, there's no brother. Yeah. How did they even get that nickname? What bullshit ass situation was that? It probably had something to do with like Ben Franklin or some stupid bullshit. Like, that city sucks. It's just like a weak ass copy of all the other, everything in Philadelphia is terrible. And, you know, I bet, again, I bet they'd like show up to my house with pipes if they knew how to read and figure out how to drive across country, but they can't. So, anyway. <laughs> no punches pulled from the blood doctor. I, 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 yeah, I got nothing for people from Philadelphia. I hate that city. So, anyway. Uh, but but good for them with Jalen Hurts and the three first round picks and all of that stuff. I I don't know how to make my analysis sound sincere when I talk about the city that way. But I mean, again, I do eat a good Philly cheesesteak, so you know there is that. Um, mm. It is my belief that the Cardinals need to. So Cliff Kingsbury has a year left on his contract and a team option mm. after that. So he has a year left for his fourth year and a team option for the fifth year. It is my belief at this point that you need to either fire him or commit to his style and the way he wants to play the game. And you need to extend him and you need to show the team, this is what we're going to do. And I, 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 you know, there's, I was literally arguing with the producer from KJZZ here in Arizona, which is our local public radio station, who was trying to tell me that he's not a lame duck coach because he has a team option. If he coaches next year, blah, 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 blah. If a coach is on what looks like the last year of his deal, he looks like he has no authority. Players aren't going to listen. I don't want to hear that shit. So I believe 
Okay, true or false? The Cardinals have to fire or extend Cliff Kingsbury now. You make the choice now, true or false? True or false? True. Yes, make the decision now. There's no benefit from having him come back on some short-term deal, right? Yeah. Would you extend him or fire him? I personally haven't been on the Cliff Kingsbury train this season. Like, we all saw... It's the same thing that happened last year. They started out hot, and then once Kyler moved around like he can, or in the case last year, his arms bothering him, the offense just starts to look different from how they looked at the beginning of the season. So, um, do you so you do you see hope for him in in the future as a coach, or do you just he's a coordinator? You think he needs to go back to college? You don't think he's a co- like I don't. I like, think he'd be better suited as a coordinator personally not everybody is built for being a head coach some guys just need to focus on what they do well and just leave the whole head coaching to other guys look at Todd Bowles look what happened to Todd Bowles when he was with the Jets your favorite team and then look what he's doing now that he's back as a coordinator he got the Jets to 10 wins and he had the, the brink of the playoffs with with fucking Fitz Magic as the quarterback and, you know, the last years of Brandon Marshall and Eric Aaron. Decker when he were pretending that he was a thing. Like, Decker, dude, yeah. like that's like Todd Bowles actually did the damn job. But it's like the Jets ruined his you, you never take the Jets job ever. You just you never take the Jets <laughs> job, no matter what it fucking is. I mean, OK, oh, if, if all you want is guaranteed money, you take the Jets job. Right. And then you ride off into the sunset and work at ESPN or whatever. But I'm just saying, if you want to continue coaching, you don't take the Jets job. Yes, you know? I agree. And, Definitely uh, agree. And I think that hurts Todd Bowles in his quest to be a head coach again. Um, so. I, dude, I was like off Kings, Kingsbury and I have said a bunch of times like. Kingsbury could not coach his way out of a paper bag. Like I've said that a whole bunch of times. Cause I think it's funny cause I'm a dad now. And so I'm making dad jokes. So that's, you know, like who I am. So like, but I just, I kind of feel like I would extend him and it's not necessarily because I think he's a great coach and he's done a lot of things that have frustrated me at times, but I think the players like him a lot. I think he has a really good thing going on with Vance Joseph where he just kind of lets Vance Joseph run the defense and do their thing. That didn't necessarily go that great against the Rams. I understand. But the, you know, the thing is the Cardinals, he took over a team that won like two games and then they won five and then they won eight and then they won like 11, like they've gotten better every year. And I just, it's really hard for me yeah. to justify firing a coach who's improved every season. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's the answer and I'm not saying he's the best or whatever, but I just feel like, I just think you have to make this decision now. And I don't know who the hell. I personally, if they're not going for Brian Flores, just keep the guy. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only guy I would, I mean, I don't know, like, like, okay. Like if you were going to tell me that you were going to hire Eric B enemy from the chiefs, you know, who's coordinated. Yes, the chiefs attack two years. Like I would, I would listen to that because I feel like at that point you're making a move specifically for Kyler Murray. And I mm-hmm. think that's the right thing to do. But if Kyler really wants Cliff around, then I think that's what you do. I, I kind of err with going with what Kyler wants. And as hard as I have been on Cliff for a long time, like what if 
what if you weren't relying on DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green, who are both in their thirties, but what if you could find some younger guys and what if you could, you know, get one cornerback who can play football for an entire season or at least 10 games? Like, I, I don't know. I, I would fire the GM. I do like Rondale Moore. I think he's a dynamic playmaker whenever they give him the ball. Yeah, you wanted him for the Patriots. You liked yes, him back I in did. college. I, <laughs> I remember like that. I remember that. I remember. Um, I yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, oh, okay, this one. <laughs> oh, well, let's just real quick. I had a question that yeah. Well, let's just go with this real fast. Do are you a Kyler Murray believer? Gotcha. I don't know if I'm. Uh, um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> you, uh, maybe not so much. Like, uh, you don't like I, you don't like short quarterbacks. What's your like? What's your? I'm I, I'm I'm missing the intangibles. That's the thing. Because I even saw a post on the internet where Russell Wilson. I think he was with Peyton Manning and Eli, and he was like, "Hey, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm going something happen. We can make it. We can do something." And then, literally, the next frame, we see Kyler Murray. Arms crossed on the bench, pouting, and I'm like, "Ooh, that, that's this this year leader." We saw this a bit with Cam when he, before he was able to get to MVP status, where like when things weren't going well, he has the the towel over his head and he's just sitting by himself. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that with Kyler as well. Mm. So you you don't think he'll grow out of that? Like, I mean, he's kind of young still. I mean. I think he will, just like how I need to see it with Cam. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. That's fair. Um, do you uh, are are you uh, are you coming around on my boy Joey Burrow now? I'm a believer. I, I like Burrow, not you, as much as you do, but I like Burrow. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep asking every time. <laughs> every round he advances. Are you a believer in him now? Yo. Hey, personally, I think that they ain't gonna need to protect my getting hit a little too much, especially for somebody coming off an ACL tier. Yeah, I think they're going to the Super Bowl this year. Oh, yeah, they've already beat the Chiefs. Buffalo is gonna lose this weekend coming off that high because they're gonna think that they're invincible. So they're uh, we're, we're everybody's Super Bowl. So they, they always empty in the entire clip on us. And then when they have to face the real threat, that's when they get punched in the mouth. One of my best friends is a Titans fan, and I love him to death so much. And I know he's so excited for the Titans. And they're going to lose this weekend to the Bengals. And I can say that because I know he doesn't listen to this podcast. So fuck him for not listening anyway. And, uh, <laughs> and Shame on you. This your friend. <laughs> Yo, I Joey Burrow is my friend. I so anyway, no, I love this kid. I'm riding with him and Jamar Chase and T Higgins. I love those dudes. I love that trio. And yes, sir, I yes, I sir. really think I I really think they can beat the Chiefs again. I know it's ridiculous, but I just this year is weird. And I just think, you know. I just I'm riding with the Bengals all the way till he loses to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's what I'm going with. You know what? I'll tell you before. Okay, I need to stop talking because I've been running my mouth forever right now. But I'll tell you without hubris for a moment. And this is actually my next question. I actually honestly think this would be Tom Brady's most difficult Super Bowl run ever. 
because mm. right now, I know the last game against the Eagles was whatever, but right now you've got the Rams who are yeah. built specifically to beat Tom Brady. You've got, and then after that, he's either going to play the 49ers who yeah. literally are a front four team specifically to beat Tom Brady, or they have to go to the Packers in Lambeau. Uh, if he gets yeah. to this Super Bowl, it's the best run ever. Agree or disagree? I think so. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I was just trying to look back at all like his championship runs outside of last year. Uh, I mean, a last, lot of people would say he has had easy runs in the AFC. The, a lot of people have said that. I mean, I would point to like 2014, you know, of course the Ravens, but of course the AFC championship game that year was a complete walk yeah. with the Colts, but that Ravens game, they were down 14 twice, but um, yeah. But but Tom Brady, you know, it is true kind of that his big wins with the Patriots in the playoffs were all kind of Super Bowls. And last year they did go on the road, but there were no fans and all these things. And I just kind of think if he – the Eagles game was whatever. But if he beats the Rams and then beats either the Packers or 49ers, I think that would be one of his best runs. And it, it would depend on who they played in the Super Bowl. Like if, if he beat Mahomes again in the Super Bowl – then I think hands down it would be his best run. If he beats Joey Burrow, people will be like, oh, it's a rookie. Yeah. But if the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl again and it's Mahomes, Brady again, and Brady wins again. like Especially if he outguns him and yeah. drops him off in significant fashion. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And I know you, I know you think that Brady can't add anything to his legacy, but I do feel that going into Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers in an NFC Championship game and winning – would be you know i i know they did it but again with fans like it's it's the fans element that's a big deal i know that they went on the road last year and everything but it's just different when you have you know sixty thousand people mm-hmm. you know I, yeah. I i really think that matters so i don't know um any other comments on last weekend before we pick next weekend's games any other last thoughts on you know just wow oh. weekend in general or, or you know what you do you like the expand? Are you happy to keep the seventeen playoff? I am just because it gives me more opportunities to gamble. So, but I like it. I like it. Do you like the Monday night playoff game? I like. I liked it as well. Uh, next okay. day of football never hurts. Fair enough. Um. So let's just talk about this weekend. Um, before we talk NBA. Um. Let's just go right to the one. And I'm going to just, I'm ignoring spreads this weekend because I honestly think all of these games are close enough that the spreads don't matter. So I'm not going to sit here and talk spreads because these are, this is honestly, this is four really good fucking games. And so I just, uh, I don't give a shit about the spreads. Um, Who are you taking Mm -hmm. Rams bucks? And you don't have to acquiesce to me just because it's our boy, Tom Brady. Who do you honestly think will, I mean, if you're if you're saying Matt Stafford's going to win that game, you're saying a lot. But the Bucks <sighs> are depleted by injury, so I will say, on paper, just given all like the injuries and everything, the win this game should, and I use that in quotation marks, should win the game. You said the Rams because, should win the game. Yeah, just based on the injuries and how they are built, they should win this game. But I'm just saying, man. Like as as Shan would say, when the when the rubber needs to meet the road, that's that's where it really we really see who what you're made of. 
if Stafford starts trailing in that game, uh, I think that noose is going to start to tighten because it's, what was it, 17 passes against a, a team that is trailing like the the Cardinals, especially with the way that defense was haunting Kyler Murray. I don't think that they will have that same type of success against someone like Brady who has seen it all. I, I don't know. Yeah. So it, it all depends on how well that front four is able to get to Tom Brady. And I think that's literally the only thing that will determine the game. I just, the one thing that I keep coming back to is that if I had to pick two players in a front four that I wanted against Tom Brady, they would be Aaron Donald and Von Miller. And I know that we want the prime version of Von Miller. I know he's not what Von Miller once was, but he's still damn good. And Aaron Donald still is prime Aaron Donald. And I do worry with the Bucks injured offensive line, like this game, like I, I don't usually like to acknowledge, like this game scares me. Matthew Stafford doesn't scare me. Odell Beckham doesn't scare me. It's not that. It's the Rams defense that scares me. Like, that's a real team that is capable of fucking shit yeah. up. And I acknowledge that and you, you, you sit here hearing me talking trash all the time, I'm, but I'm being real right now. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I think yeah. the Bucs will win because I just think it's Tom Brady against Matt Stafford in the playoffs. Mm. Come on. But <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Like, I think this is like a, like a 27, 20 or like yeah. a 24, 21. Like this is like a field goal or like a last minute touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is a one score game. This is a one score game. That's going to be decided kind of, I think it'll, I think the bucks are just a little better in the areas that matter, but it's mm -hmm. just going to be, this could very well be like what we anticipated the saints bucks would have been last year. Ooh, I love that comparison. Actually. You just mean because yeah. the saints kind of didn't really show up last year. Yeah. Yeah. And drew Brees' arm was falling off the bone. Yeah. That, yeah, it, it's, it's really, it's really too bad that Tom came to the NFC so late and none of the other guys were able to hold up at all. Cause you know, he dominated, <laughs> he sent, you know, Peyton Manning packing and everything. And then he came over to the NFC and, but by the time he sent Drew Brees packing, Drew was falling apart. Um, so you, you think, so you're saying the Rams should win, but the Bucks will win. Is that your, your, that's where I'm going. I never count out goat Brady. Yeah. Never I'm, count him out. Yeah. You know, I never would either, but, but I will acknowledge, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be stress eating the moment I wake up, I'll be stress drinking during the game. Um, and I'll be texting my mother during the whole game. Really weird fact. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast. My mom and I always text when Tom Brady is playing because my mother is like a diehard Tom Brady fan like me. So she's like a psycho during the games. Oh, it's cute. awesome, dude. It's my mom is like, <laughs> my mom is like these refs, like with skull icons, she's like ready to get out there and scream. Like my mother is awesome. Come football season. I'm going to be, I'm going to be hey, honest about that. My mom, she loves, she likes Mike Tomlin. She likes Steelers. She likes black and gold. And whenever she comes down, whenever the Steelers game on, I'm like, relax. Like I'm trying to watch the game. And she's like, I'm like, you're, you're distracting me. Cause, cause she gets very animated. She's more animated than I am when she's watching the games. Okay. One of these days we need to do like a, a podcast with your mom and my mom. 
Like, <laughs> wow, like the four of us, like uh, that would be, that would be the ultimate episode. I'm just saying, just uh, uh, we'll call it the mom cast, like the Manning cast, <laughs> but with mothers. <laughs> hey man, let's see if I get moms uh, on the pod. She, she might have some words to say. You know, I would at any time. I would she if she if she say. created you, Mister King of Takes. I am very interested to hear anything that she has to say. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I am breaking out the notebook and I am listening. So that is that's what's up. And hey, one of these days, probably off air, I'll tell you this story about the time that my mom made the dude at Blockbuster cry. So we oh no <laughs> oh, oh no I'm just saying I'm just saying. She would be pissed if she heard me say that in any sort of public forum, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, who are you mm-hmm. picking? Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs. Yeah. But just because of my disdain for the, the complete arrogance and cockiness of Nick Wright, I want the, the Bills to beat him. Fuck Nick Wright. This this guy this guy is insufferable. This guy is insufferable. Whenever I see clips of him on Twitter or walking, like he's just mm, like he's he's the worst part of Skip Bayless all in one. Because at least when Skip Bayless is talking, there's there, there, he has a little bit of charisma where it's like <laughs> like you're 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 stupid, but at least you're funny stupid. You know when when Nick Wright talks, it's like. Oh, I can't stand this guy. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> dude, I I get what you mean because Skip Tell me is, I'm wrong. I no, want you to tell you, me I'm wrong right now. No, you're not. You're not wrong at all. You're 100% correct cuz Skip at least like Skip knows his job is to be a professional jackass. And he just embraces <laughs> being a professional jackass with 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 wholehearted guffaw, I am a jackass, and he will just do it. It's sort of like what I do, but Nick Wright like tries to convince you that you're the jackass, and he's smarter than everyone you've ever known. And I just I hate like people mm-hmm. hate Kendrick Perkins, right? But Kendrick Perkins comes on and he's like, motherfuckers, you know this team is good at basketball. I like this shit. I don't like this shit keep moving and it's like okay maybe it's not Mm -hmm. electric analysis or whatever but he just tells you what he fucking thinks and it's not like draped in all of this like i'm so whatever and nick wright i just feel like his head is so far up his own fucking ass that it's back out again and i think that is where like the whole toupee thing got like fucked up because like his head has come out of his own head that's how far up his own ass he is i hate that motherfucker so much and ever since, oh my God, ever just, since he started just, growing his hair, oh, ever since he started growing his hair, he's just become more and more intolerable. That shit is plugs. That's not even real hair, dog. That's that shit was overnight. <laughs> that shit was overnight. That's a hair piece. That's a hair system. That's a hair system. He calls Tom Brady a system quarterback. I'm saying you got system hair, dog. Like and this that man, shit is, yo, fuck that guy. And still butthurt over game. Ah, fuck him. He's he's the worst. He's the absolute fucking worst. I hate Nick Wright. And so I'm dude, I'm with you all the way. So you're taking you got Bucks over the Rams and you got Chiefs over the Bills. 
Yes. But that's mostly because you hate the Bills, not because you actually think that the Chiefs will win? Yeah, essentially. (laughs) What about the Titans-Bengals game? Like, my boy Joey Burrow against my best friend, he who shall not be named, not my best friend. I shouldn't say that. My best friend's going to get mad at me for calling my other friend my best Uh, friend. (laughs) If Derrick Henry, if Derrick Henry looks healthy, yeah. (laughs) If Derrick Henry looks healthy, then I feel like it's going to be a tough out for Cincinnati. But if Henry looks like somebody who hasn't played in weeks, then I'm going with the Bengals. What's your, like, what's your strategy for dealing with the Titans in this game? Because I think that there's two, I think you just nailed, I you just hit the hammer on the head. It's like, you can either say, if you're the Bengals, you can either say, okay, Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. And we're going to put seven in the box and we're just going to commit to stopping the run. And we're going to make Tannehill beat us kind of thing. And you still might lose. Or you can say to yourselves, like, he hasn't played in forever. He's not what he was let's make him prove it like what's your thought process if you're the Bengals? the ladder the ladder make him prove that he's back to where he was before he mush up his foot so you're you're like dropping seven into coverage and saying i can send four at you and stop you uh probably six in the coverage aj brown and julio like who else are they really throwing to yeah yeah when those two didn't play they're off i mean that's when they lost to the jets they, yeah. they couldn't they couldn't move the ball at all without those two so i mean and, and that's that's a lot of talent to lose but they literally don't have you know i mean their third four or five receivers are just it's it's bad um so but given given what you know would you if you if you just had to pick right now do you think derrick henry is just derrick henry and he's going to get it done or do you think it's more likely that he's not there and the Bengals get it done? Like, I know it's hard to pick, but just for the sake of making the pick, I'm just curious what you think. I'll pick Cincinnati. I'll pick yeah. Cincinnati. That's what I think just because I don't think Derrick Henry – I mean, if Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, it is really hard then for the Bengals to win that game. But I just – it's hard for me to believe that he can be himself after so long. Like, yeah, he's – do you think he, he's the most impactful running back in the NFL? Yes. Yes. Is he the yeah. only impactful running back in the NFL? Well, me personally, I personally thought that was a more complete running back than Derrick Henry. Who was? Sorry. The, 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 our, our Christian Zoom McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Yes. I thought he was more complete just because he's just as good a runner and out of the backfield, he's significantly better. Personally speaking. That is not what I thought you would have said. That is the most surprising answer that I you possibly could have given me. His injuries obviously are the problem. Do you think they'll do you think they'll be able to trade him? Christian that McCaffrey? contract is that contract is is uh it ain't pretty like that. It, it'd be hard to move off of that contract without giving up a King's ransom. Would you would you take him in New England though? <sighs> let's say that you had to let's say that it was just like uh, fourth round pick for McCaffrey, just straight up kind of thing. Oh, definitely. Then what? Yeah, that'd be Mac Jones' best friend. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, no one's gonna pay like a first round or a second round pick for McCaffrey because of his injury problems. They're just not. And NFL trade value, you never get mm-hmm. the value for the player anyway. You just don't. 
And I like, I think, I think the most you would theoretically get for Christian McCaffrey would be like a second round pick in a world where he was like recently playing well, but his contract is mm-hmm. so high for a running back and he's injured all the time. You're not yeah. getting better than a third round pick for sure. And I just think Bill went off for a four because that's who Bill is. And I'm just kind of like, if, if, if Carolina was just done, maybe that, maybe I'm insane, but like, I just kind of feel like that's his value. Like he's hurt all the time. But I also feel like that's only because he was literally their entire offense for like the better part of two years. But I don't think he would be the entire offense in New England. No, he wouldn't. But who's okay. Who's giving up a second round pick to pay $20 million to a running back. Who's always hurt. Mm. I mean, maybe probably. the Jets. <laughs> maybe the Jets are, are the idiots. Probably Kansas City, maybe. Oh boy. Okay. Kansas City, Baltimore. They don't. Yeah, but Kansas City doesn't have the cap room uh, unless yeah. there was some major restructure. Baltimore. Now Baltimore is interesting. Yeah. But even then, like, I just think, I just think if you pair him with Mark Andrews. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it'd be, be awesome. I just think if you're the Panthers, his trade value is nothing because he's always hurt. So it yeah. makes no sense to trade him. You might as well like if he played six straight games next year and was awesome, his trade value would be up to like a first or second round pick, and then you trade him in season. But right now, his trade value is nothing. He's always hurt. So I, I don't know. I don't even know how we got on the topic of Christian. Oh, you brought up Christian McCaffrey. You said Christian McCaffrey is a better all-around back than – I can't believe I almost let that go. You said that Christian McCaffrey is a better all-around back than Derrick Henry. All-around? All-around, yes. You you putting Derrick Henry to run a free angle route? Hell no. All-around includes health, man. Okay. Well <laughs> – Oh, when I when I C Mac was still a healthy spring chicken, yeah. But right now, uh, there's hot. Uh, Kamara, maybe Jonathan is, Taylor, maybe Kam- Kamara. Kamara isn't what he once was. He's Jonathan Taylor. No. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Jonathan Taylor is is probably the. I mean, he was the best back in the league this year by leaps and bounds. It's, it's so it's weird, man. Like. These guys, like just the running backs as a recent, they they have like their cook it, cook it. And then like once we start dubbing them the guy and around the time when they get the contract, it's like all of a sudden the injuries start hitting. They 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 missing a couple of games here or there. Like if we even get to see what Saquon was capable of after his first season. Look what happened to him. Well, because that's just the nature of the position you're going to get, but that why that's why it doesn't make sense to invest money in a running back. And I don't even understand why kids are willing to play running back anymore. I feel like the future of the position is honestly wide receivers. Like I honestly oh. think, no, dude, seriously. I honestly think the future of running backs is this Debo Samuel thing where I convince my receivers. That's to run exactly the ball. what I was thinking of too. Yeah. Because they're so much more protected in those run plays like mm-hmm. the way that the I don't I dude I the schemes they run yeah misdirection run, and stuff yeah. like that running up the middle and shit that shit's gonna die because dudes aren't gonna be willing to do it because you like you ruin your fucking life for mm-hmm. a minimum contract it's literally not worth it like I, I think the future well, see, of the running we is grew up we grew up at a time watching guys like we we grew up watching guys like Marshall Falk we grew yep. up watching Sean Alexander 
we watch the Danian Thompson, like who, who, like look at the generation after me. So I'm talking like 2000s babies. Like who, who are they growing up watching now? Adrian Peterson. There you go. Um, they, they watched DeMarco Murray for a little bit. So they oh, like, okay. So if DeMarco Murray is considered one of the best running backs of this generation, I think we've already made our fucking point. Okay. Like, well, no, but for real, like, <laughs> I mean, dude, he flamed out so fast. I mean, I just, that's, I, and I'm not even, you make a good point. Like it's, that's how he had like two years where he was great. And then, you know, I mean, and then then it was just over. But it's true. Like, Adrian Peterson is the only back from that generation who, like, lasted. Even Kamara now is, I don't know. Like, he's okay. Barkley has never quite been what he was supposed to be because he's been hurt. McCaffrey is always hurt. Like, the position of running back is, is just a brutal death position. It's not good. It's not good. It's never good. The minute you pay a running back is like the minute they're done. Like, yeah. And I it's was like still on board. Yeah. And I was still on board with signing Henry. And truthfully, Henry has made more of his contract so far than most running backs have. Cause yeah. he was still awesome the first year into his new deal. So, you know, what can you do, man? I don't know. Last game Packers 49ers. Is uh, Bosa and Warner playing? Uh, looks like Warner's going to play. Bosa is, I think he's probably going to play, but I haven't heard anything guaranteed. If Let's both say- of them playing, I'm picking the 49ers. Really? Yeah. Ooh, in Lambo, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. What, uh, what about if one of them plays? What if Warner plays and not picking- Bosa? If Warner plays and not Bosa... I, f- I still feel like he, uh, a-, a Ron has nightmares of what happened the last time he saw them in the playoffs. So, so say again, if, if Boza is out. If but, Bosa is out, but Warner plays, I'm picking the, the Packers. I think Packers. that pass rush, I, that pass rush had a-, a Ron's number. Okay. That's interesting. No, I, I'm, I'm, I really don't know how to, deal with this game honestly like when i think about it i really don't know because on the one hand yeah well the 49ers pass rush was awesome against dallas even without nick bosa and they're one of the few teams that can generate pressure with four and that's the death knell to tom brady and that's what worries me about even if he gets past the rams if the 49ers beat the packers the 49ers Mm -hmm. also have the formula of the front four that's what i mean is if tom brady gets past the rams and 49ers that would be amazing because both of those teams are yeah. literally set up to beat him. Like truthfully, they are set up with him in mind. And I, man, I don't know. I honestly don't know. If you gun to my head right now, ask me to pick, I would pick the Packers because I just think the Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers thing is going to happen again. And, but yeah, and so I would, I mean, we're basically I think that game sells with, more than the 49ers too. Yeah. So we're in, we're in lockstep with the the NFC the the NFC pick. Well, I guess not if Bosa plays and we're not, but yeah. No, I would I'm I'm taking the Bengals. I'm taking the Bills, I guess I said um or what oh no, I said I'm taking the Chiefs, didn't I? Thank God. I thought yeah, I, I said I was taking the Bills earlier during my rant, but I said <laughs> I have to like go back and like in my brain re-index all the shit I was yelling because I don't always remember everything because sometimes I'm just yelling shit. 
Um, any other NFL takes regarding the It'd Super be, Bowl or whatever before we hit the NBA or you're, you're ready to move to NBA and talk a couple of these subjects? I think we covered everything we could in NFL. I think so. I think you're right. And I barely even talked about Tom. Normally, the NFL segments are just me sitting here being like, and Tom Brady. And I only mentioned it a couple of times. That's pretty good. It was like a two, it was like a 0.2 TBPS, which is Tom Brady per second, which is just me talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I sent you the questions before. And I put NBA at the end of these because I figured you'd need to think about these ones a little more, um, especially the Cavs one. But let's just start. I know that, okay, I feel like every time you come on here, I talk about Westbrook on the Lakers. And basically, the only time I've been recording lately is when you come on here. So I feel like every single episode includes <laughs> like a five-minute block. Of me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like a block about me talking shit about Westbrook. But I hate this for the Lakers, but I love it. <laughs> oh, God. You do such a good impression of me. We should we should do an episode where we just switch positions and you just do me and I'll do you because I feel like you could <laughs> I feel like you could nail everything I want to say. Would you do the Westbrook for Wall Trade though if you're the Lakers? I, I'm sure you've heard about all the different iterations of Westbrook for Wall, and I know it's funny because it's Warriors, it's the whole Wizards Rockets, blah 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 blah. Would you do it as a as a LeBron guy? Would you want John Wall over Westbrook? I'm genuinely curious. Uh, it's, it, it just feels like they're the same player. So, like, what what really, what would really be the difference? I, I personally think Wall's a better passer. But, like, outside of that, like, they're both aging, slashing, archetype point guards. So, like... I mean, don't you think... If John... it's a one-for-one -one trade, if a one-for-one -one trade, I'd, I'd test it out. But personally, like, would Houston even want Westbrook back at that point? No, they'd be buying him out. They would totally be buying him out. But mm. my thing is, John Wall's been sitting in a fucking, like, gym playing for TikTok videos or whatever. Like, don't you feel like he's going to be way more, like, agreeable than Westbrook? Like, when they're like, stop shooting mid-range jumpers. Yeah. I, I think so, yeah. yeah. That's my one thing. Like, I think John Wall might listen a little better. Mm -hmm. I mean, LeBron hyped up the Westbrook thing so much. I almost feel like he can't do it. <laughs> you know, like, could you imagine? Like, it, it looks like a back pedal to the deep third. So, so you would do it straight up, you said. But what about if the Lakers had to include value? Like, okay, I'm I'm only throwing this out there. I'm throwing this out there because I heard this on the Hoop Collective pod. I'm not saying I would do this or I think this is good value. It's just, this is the stuff I've heard. For example, they said like Westbrook and a pair of seconds for John Wall or Westbrook and a protected 20, 27 first for John Wall or Westbrook and THT and none for Wall and Eric Gordon. Do any of those things as a LeBron guy, does any of that stuff- I like the Eric Gordon. You like that? I like Eric Gordon. Yeah. So you would- I like Eric Gordon. You would trade THT none- and a pair I wouldn't. Of I wouldn't get rid of none, but I think THT. But it only works. The salary wise only works that way. So okay. if you want to include the Eric Gordon thing, you got to do none. It's uh, got to be all of it. I know. That's yeah, that, that makes that's the beauty thing. of the trade that machine, baby. Is, is you got to uh, give something up. Damn. Okay, so it. that's the okay. So two second round picks, no first round pick. The Lakers keep their 2027 20, first, 
so that they still have ammo for one more trade in the future. Two second round picks, THT and Nunn for and, and Westbrook for John Wall and Eric Gordon. You as a LeBron guy who wants to see LeBron get another ring or at least do well, or at least beat my Phoenix Suns, which is impossible, but you still want to see it. <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. It's all about the Suns now. Okay, you, okay, let's say that there's a world in which the Lakers and the Suns play in the Western Conference Finals, and that world entails how you make this decision. And that decision is Westbrook, THT, none, and two second round picks for Eric Gordon and John Wall. Which door do you open that you think- I like their chances the more. Finals? You take the wall trade. I'd like the chat. Yeah. Yeah. Because you like Eric Gordon, though. I like him for LeBron just because he could, he'd gladly just spot up shoot for LeBron. Full disclosure, I want the Suns to trade for Eric Gordon, too. So I, I hear this guy. Hear this you. guy. <laughs> I do. Well, just every minute that's an Alfred Payton minute or whatever, I want to be an Eric Gordon minute. I'm just saying, I want. The Suns have the assets. I hope they make You don't like happen. Alfred Payton, do you? I do like Alfred Payton, actually. I like Alfred Payton a lot more than most people do. I'll be honest. Like, I've always been an Alfred Payton guy, but he, in the playoffs, he can't shoot, and Eric Gordon might score 50. So if you're going to ask me, me, if you're going to ask me, do I want Alfred Payton or do I want Eric Gordon? Of course I want Eric Gordon. So what, what's up with Cameron Payne these days? Uh, he's good. He's a, he's a phenomenal third guard. That's his role. Mm. He's a solid third guard. I love it. And, and I think Eric Gordon would be, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a matchup thing. Eric Gordon is going to be able to defend guys that campaign can't. Mm-hmm. So that does matter, you know, okay. like, cause some of those line, wait, the Suns play some lineups where they go Chris Paul campaign mm-hmm. and Devin Booker. But imagine if you could take out campaign in those lineups and put in Eric Gordon suddenly that's a whole other world. And I'm not trying to say that campaign loses his minutes. I'm saying that Alfred Payton loses all of his minutes and the lineups get, you know, resorted. Cam maybe loses five minutes. Chris Paul loses three minutes, but he could lose those three minutes anyway, just to extend his knees. Booker doesn't need to play, be playing 40 minutes a game right now. Like he is, it, it works. I, it probably won't happen because it would mean that Robert Sarver would have to spend money. And we all know that that doesn't happen. Um, so you would do the Eric Gordon trade. What if it was just Wall for Westbrook straight up? Like if I would do it, you would do it. Okay, so yeah. you want Westbrook away from LeBron James? It's safe to say. Necessarily that I. It's not. It's not about me wanting him away. It's just I want LeBron to win again. I don't care about the Lakers. Bun the Lakers. I'm a Cavs fan. I just want LeBron James to win. What if it was LeBron this year versus the Cavs this year, and you had to make the choice? Who would you choose? That's like me. Full disclosure, that's like me choosing Tom Brady and the Bucks versus the, the Patriots. The same way you feel about that matchup, that's how spontaneously combust still. I get it. I get it. I, I can accept that answer. I, I can accept that answer. Okay. Let's – I'm going to get to the Cavs question. I know you've seen it, so we're going to do it last because I want to – because I because I want – because I just – I want to talk about that one. We're going to do that one last. So just two quick questions. Paul George is likely out for the year, we've heard. Mm-hmm. Kawhi is pretty much going to sit out for the rest of the year if Paul George is out. Just yes, no. Do you think the Clippers ever make a finals with those two, or do you think they should look at getting everything back? Nope. 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 They have no draft picks unless teams decide they want to go there. 
they want to go to LA and it's not the Lakers, I do not see them doing much of improving. Would you blow the team up? I'd let them play out at least one more season before I make that decision. So you would, you'd bring the whole group back for 2022, let it ride and then go from there. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. I think that's probably what I would do too in their situation. I'm just curious because that, that battle of LA was a big flop. Exactly. 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 That's why I asked this question because that was supposed to be such a fucking big deal. And it was a, Oh, Patrick Beverly jumping on tables. I just won the championship, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I, you know, I, that shit flopped and I just want to know where they should be, but you and I are on the same side. You can't quit yet. You got to give them one more chance when they're healthy. Cause you know, a lot of NBA dudes have incredible seasons in that kind of th- age 32, 33 year. So you give them one more chance. Yeah. Okay. Now this is an honest question. This is not me being a Homer. This is, this is legitimate. Devin Booker is the best player. No, seriously. Devin Booker is currently the best player on the best team. I am not saying that he should win MVP. I am not saying he is the best player in the league. I am just asking why his name doesn't even get mentioned in the MVP discussion. I understand the whole, well, when Chris Paul showed Uh, up. I don't know. I I really don't know. I think, yeah, I think it's the Chris Paul Paul effect. Because they're like, oh, you only started winning once Chris Paul pulled up. How much of an MVP candidate can you really be? I think that's what's really playing into the factor there. But... When in the year before Chris Paul, in the year before Chris Paul, when Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton played together, they won at a 50 win pace, but Ayton Mm. missed 25 games. Rubio was hurt because he's Rubio and he's always hurt. And, but then the Suns still went eight and oh in the bubble. They started winning before Chris Paul showed up. It's just that they started really winning. But mm. that's also last fucking year. This is Yeah, this but from year. an optics, from an optics perspective, it looks like Chris Paul is the reason why y'all have a winning call. Then why is Anthony Davis ever mentioned in any discussions? Because people mentioned Anthony Davis and he didn't win shit before he got traded to play with LeBron. But people yeah, still talk about true. him. So if, if, if Chris Paul negates Devin Booker, then Anthony Davis never should have been mentioned one time. That's all I'm saying. If the yeah. net, if the net you know, it's result- funny. I never hear Joel Embiid mentioned either. Yeah, I mean, the Sixers are way under the radar this year. Like, no one's paying attention to the Sixers at all. And I'm not saying they should. Don't you think the Sixers have kind of reached the point where the Bucks reach, though? Where it's just like, no one cares what you do anymore in the regular season. You got to prove it yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Losing to the Hawks was bad for Joel. Especially man. considering how bad the Hawks look right now. Yes. The Hawks are a disaster. And Joel couldn't beat that team. And that matters. I'm not saying it matters to me. Like, I would love, like, Joel's amazing. I think he's still one of the best centers in the NBA, the best center in the NBA. But, but I just, can you put it entirely at Joel Embiid's feet, considering who his Robin was supposed to be there by his side? No, no, no. I'm not putting it at Joel's feet at all. I'm just saying that people don't give a shit who's foot it's at they give a shit about perception like dude do you blame Giannis for the times that the Bucks failed because when when the Bucks were losing in the playoffs Giannis was scoring 30 and grabbing 15 rebounds and dishing seven assists and none of his teammates did shit and it wasn't and it wasn't Giannis's fault but we still put it on him and we're like why aren't you winning 
And it's, yeah. I'm just saying, like, Joel Embiid at this point, like, I agree with you. Joel Embiid is amazing. And I think he should be in the MVP discussion, but people just don't care about mm. the Sixers anymore. And that's weird that it's happened before he won an MVP because that's what's happened to Jokic, right? Jokic mm-hmm. is playing even better than last year, but people don't care because he won MVP last year. <laughs> but that didn't happen to Embiid because he never won fatigue, it. So. Man. Huh? You don't. The voters even... fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It, but Embiid has like voters fatigue without ever winning it. <laughs> oh man i personally think if he didn't miss as many games that he did last year he probably could have outbeat Jokic. oh, for oh he he totally would have won last year he totally would have won but it was it was it, and it, it was those 10 games and but you heard the famous i'm sure you heard the famous hoop collective podcast where windhorse screamed at everyone for 20 minutes about how Embiid should win anyway that was truly one of the greatest podcasts i ever heard in my life um okay let's do this let's just do this so this is something that i thought of earlier today and i can't believe uh, i I can't believe no one has talked about it i think this makes sense i understand it doesn't make perfect sense for the pistons in terms of roster fit but you got to remember the pistons don't give a shit about roster fit right now they're still in asset gathering mode and i still Mm. think that this trade works jeremy grant going to the Cavs for lowry marketing isaac okoro and picks, or the other option is Markinen and Sexton, no picks. The reason I mentioned those things are obviously Markinen and Okoro don't provide a ton of value to the Pistons, again, in terms of, you know, like Okoro is, I still think Okoro has upside. Markinen has a contract. I don't you know the Pistons have a lot of bigs, blah, 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 blah. But the picks would provide value to them, even if they were later picks, first round picks are always valuable. Sexton is obviously Sexton. You're not willing to give anything. And in fact, if you were the Cavs, you would probably demand a pick back Grant and a pick for Markin and Sexton, blah, blah, blah. But my point is to ask you, how do you feel about the idea of the Cavs acquiring Jeremy Grant? What would you be willing to give up? And I'll tell you why I like it for two reasons before I want to hear every thought you have on the subject, but here's my thing. Number one, I know Grant is more of a four than a three, but he's still better than anything the Cavs have resembling a wing, including a Coro. And I know that he's a little bit older so that his thing doesn't necessarily match in terms of timing. But when you already have Kevin Love on this roster and Jared Allen is already signed to an extension and you're about to pay Garland and potentially about to pay Sexton, depending on how you view the trade itself, acquiring a player who wants to be win now and who certainly can be at the forefront of your offense, especially when Sexton is out, it makes a ton of sense to me, but I'm not a captain. Off, if they can pull off that trade without giving Sexton, I'm all for it. So you would give up marketing a Coro and like two first round picks. I wouldn't give up two first round picks. I don't think Jeremy Grant's that good. I think that's what you'd have to give up because I think the problem is that marketing is I don't want to call him a distressed asset, but like the Pistons aren't excited to get marketing. So I feel like you're going to have to, well, okay. What if they were like lottery protected? Okay. I'd be okay with that. So like two lottery protected first round picks, marketing and Okoro for Jeremy Grant. I'd be okay with that then. Yeah. That, and that's the thing is like, I feel like that's like, cause it's just because I don't think marketing has a lot of value and Okoro's value is eh. But for the Cavs, it's like you're getting, or for the Pistons, it's like you're getting two first round picks. 
Yes, they're lottery protected, but the thing is, this trade would make the Cavs so good that the Cavs aren't picking in the lottery anyway. So, mm-hmm. like, you're still getting two firsts. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I would. So you would, you would look at adding Jeremy Grant as a positive. Yeah, overall. definitely. But not if you had to lose Sexton. Yes, I like Sexton. As a lot of people know me, know I'm a Sexton guy. Yeah. No, I'm just curious because I, I just, I'm always curious because I, I always wonder how fans value players and everything like that. So yours, there's no scenario. Is there a trade scenario in the league right now that you would give up Sexton for, or are you just, I'm sticking with this Cavs team. This is it. Like I'm talking about of the trade. Like we know about Beal. We know about Simmons. We know about Grant. Is there any of that stuff that you're like, I would trade Sexton for this, or do you just want the Beal, Cavs Simmons? To Beeler Simmons are like the few guys. Shoot, if uh, yeah, Beeler Simmons, yeah, those are like the few that I'd be okay with parting with uh, Colin Sexton for. Only in an absolute superstar trade package. Yes, or a fringe superstar. And you don't consider Jeremy Grant a fringe superstar at all? Uh, I think he's just a, a good star, sort of star, eh. complimentary yeah. guy. We saw yeah. what he was able to do for Denver. Yeah. He's he's a nice player, but so, like I remember last year, like I saw people saying like the Warriors should trade like Wiseman and two first round picks for him. And I was like, Are you oh, they're are wild. You, like, they're are you wild drunk? Like what yeah, like I was like, are you <laughs> like like it was they were literally suggesting that the Warriors trade Wiseman and Wiggins, I think, and or Wiseman and so I can't remember exactly what that was, but it was but essentially was the picks that became, you know, Kaminga and Wiseman or just, it was a ridiculous, it was ridiculous. And so people value him. Yeah. But they value him so highly. So I'm just curious where you would, cause I just think, man, I would love to see that dude play for the Cavs. Like I just want a really rangy defensive minded wing on the Cavs. Cause I just think that suddenly makes the Cavs a scary fucking team. And so I'm like thinking about it. And I was like, man, if you could, I, I think the marketing and Okoro and picks thing makes sense for the Pistons, right? Like you're getting value. Like I think that trade makes mm-hmm. sense. I think that trade makes sense. Cause everyone, yeah. everyone, every Suns fan wants to get Jeremy Grant, but like Jeremy really? Grant wants, yeah, but he wants to be a featured offensive weapon. That's not happening. In He'd Phoenix. definitely be featured in Cleveland. Exactly. He would not be featured in Phoenix, so it makes no sense. But it would make total sense for Cleveland. Definitely, him and, and it's a Garland. good lob threat. Yeah, good yeah. lob threat. Yeah, him and Garland together with and dude. Here's the thing: is the the whole thing about the Cavs right now is oh they're so huge with marketing, but with Jeremy Grant you don't lose any of that. He's so long that you keep that huge yeah. defensive presence, and he's better with his sliding up his feet too. Yeah, it's Jeremy Grant. Yeah, Jeremy Grant is just a better player than Lowry Markin in literally every way. So it just it's there's no question. Like, yeah. you know, they lose Okoro, but you know, I mean, I, what does that even matter? So he's a good defender, but he's not good enough. Where it's like, oh no way, we can part with this guy. Especially when Grant is a great defender and would yeah. be a great defender, and that's like he's better than Okoro. It's just the youth thing. But I just think the Cavs are trying to win. Hmm. So I like that trade. How are you? How are you feeling about the NBA this week? Any other NBA takes before we? Hey, 
So sign it all off, or what's your where's your NBA life right now? I, I uh, a lot of people know me as a a Curry hater, uh, because I, I've never I haven't been a fan of his influence on the game of basketball. But it's it's very interesting how Curry's been in quite the slump as of late, and it's not getting talked about enough because the team's winning. It's true. I mean, Curry's been bad lately. He's shooting right. 38%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. That, that look shooter in the league right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we would love for most players to shoot 38%, but it's funny that it's Steph. Like, he's definitely not the best shooter in the league right now, though. Like, I mean, do you, are you worried about the Warriors at this point? I know I asked you this before, but, like, Draymond is hurt. Steph is slumping. Clay is... You know, I think they have a talented enough squad where they can afford Curry having a couple of slump games because if he played like this last year, they're probably raw pick right now. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about Clay coming back? Yeah, it's good. It's good. He he still looks like the shooter he was. I I still want to see how he defends some of the other star players like he used to. I personally said I don't think he'll have that same lateral quickness, but we'll see. The he's still getting his feet back, so yeah. Jerry's still out. The Bucks worked them the other night without Draymond, so I'm oh yeah. I'm curious about that one, but um, yeah. I I just I still I'm I'm I think my team is I think the Suns are the best team in the league. I know that I know I'm a homer. But they have the best record in the league. They have the best health in the league. They have the most depth in the league right now. And I just, but they're still one piece away. And I don't know what it is, but they got to make that one more move. But uh, although it's interesting with the rise of Jalen Smith lately, he's been playing so well. We look stupid yet again for turning down. Who fucking turns down a rookie's third year option? Like, what are you doing, man? Like, Weirdo. it was such a bad choice. That one hurts. That one hurts. Amen. Overtime with BMT. Are you guys doing the show for this weekend? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back in the mix of things. Uh, playoff football is among us. We were able to get an episode out just in time. I know you said that you listened to it. I hope you weren't just saying that to make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that would be some bullshit. That was the bullshit. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we also we trying to get some other episodes for NBA as well. So hopefully we're not just a, a football going forward. Yeah, just because overtime exists in every sport. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and when it comes down to you guys arguing with each other, you should call it shootout with B and T. Bringing that full like Canadian, the full like Canadian that. experience. It is always a pleasure to talk to you, man. It is. Yes, sir. I, I always appreciate it. And yes, sir. I, I, this time it was only two weeks instead of a month. So then, you know, we'll just keep cycling it down and then it'll get even faster each time. So <laughs> appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, we'll talk sir. Soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Talk soon. And that is the Blood Doctor Show. Many, many happy blessings or thoughts or whatever it is that you will take positively towards you and your family into 2022. Let's make this world better. Let's make life better. 
let's continue to actually love each other and not hate on each other. Unless, of course, that hate is hating on Eagles and Jets fans, in which case I wholeheartedly endorse it. And that's the Blood Doctor Show. <laughs>